Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. I had to leave Miami for L.A., Tony. How you doing down there without me? I'm Tony Kornheiser. You were here? You were actually here? When when were you here? Well, let's see. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, six days. Saturday, so you too? You left. You, you left last night. You just didn't left? even notice. Didn't even notice. Didn't. Well, we never gone to dinner, so I didn't see you that much outside no. of the show. Welcome you to and Lepitard do that, don't you? Absolutely. I'm in Miami for the Super Bowl while Wilbon is in L.A. for tonight's Lakers game, which we will get to in a moment. But we begin today with our official Super Bowl preview, even though you have left the Super Bowl. The basic construct of the pregame talk is which will win out, the 49ers defense or the Chiefs offense? So, which will? Well, Tony, you've known me long enough to know I always prefer defense. I always go with the defensive side of the football. And that would mean going with San Francisco, obviously. Yep. But, you know, I am fascinated with Mahomes like everybody else is, though maybe not to the degree that I have put him in a, a, a yellow Canton jacket already. You know, after, you know, sort of three seasons, only two as a player, I, have, I haven't done that quite yet. Tony, I think the, the 49ers have a chance. I'm not going to, you know, get into the X's and O's of this. We'll save some of that for our, one of our favorite guests of all time who can, can talk the X's and O's. I, I know that great defense can still beat offense, even though defense has been essentially legislated out of today's right. NFL. Right. But, but, Tony, I, too, I guess I'm seduced by Mahomes enough to go with him narrowly over the 49ers, and this goes against my nature. It does. It does, because you're a defense-first guy, and I figured you would just talk about the 85 Bears for two minutes, but you don't have to do that. Look, I think San Francisco's the best team in football, and I think they're the best team in football even though they lost to Baltimore, and the Ravens had a great season. They lost on the last play of the game, and they lost on the road. They've lost three times, by Mike, by a total of only 13 points. Which that's tremendous. Yeah. The three quarterbacks they lost to, however, were Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and Matt Ryan. Lamar Jackson's going to be the MVP. Russell Wilson was in the discussion, and Matt Ryan has been the MVP. And so I've come around to your side as well, because I've seen Patrick Mahomes. I think he's better than all those guys I just mentioned. I watched him in the last two games. His team is down substantially. He threw touchdown, 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 touchdown. Mike, 86 points in six quarters of play. I don't know how you stop him. I don't know how close it's going to be. I'm not saying I'll be surprised if San Francisco wins, but I think Mahomes is it. He can win a game. I don't know if Garoppolo can. The last time that all the people who follow inside the industry and out were this enamored of a young quarterback in a Super Bowl for the first time, it was Dan Marino. And right, how did right, that right, turn out? And how did it continue to turn out? You're right. So, so, so I'm, this is not about the quarterback of the 49ers against Mahomes. It's not. This is about the defense of the 49ers against Mahomes. But I'm going to go with it. But you can tell I'm a little skittish about that. Thing. There's one more thing this is about, and it's about the sentimental favorite, Andy Reid. We That's both right. think he's going to be in the Hall yep. of Fame anyway. But a win here would Cherry on that. top, wouldn't it? Yeah. For some mysterious reason, I don't understand. There still seems to be frivolous discussion about whether Joe Burrow wants to be drafted by the Bengals. 
Burrow told Dan Patrick this morning, quote, you want to go number one, but you also want to go to a great organization that's committed to winning Super Bowls, close quote. Tony, should the Bengals care at all that Burrow even said this? If I worked for the Bengals and it was in the morning and I had a cup of coffee and I heard that, I'd spit the coffee out all over the table. Because Dan Patrick, I watched this interview, Dan Patrick gave Burrow a chance to say it's on to Cincinnati. And what he said instead was there are a lot of factors to be determined as to where you go and where you want to go. And then Dan Patrick mentioned the Dolphins because, you know, their owner had said we would love to get Burrow. We can put some things together. Said, would you look good in Miami Dolphins colors? And Burrow, who's a smart guy and a confident guy, said, I think I would look good in any colors. I I If I work for Cincinnati right now, I think I'm at least inclined to listen to an offer because I'm not sure Joe Burrow wants to go there. Nothing could be more irrelevant than Joe Burrow saying it to anybody. It doesn't matter. Joe Burrow's going to say thousands of words between now and the draft. So is his agent. So is his frat brother. So is his cousin. So is his daddy. So what? If you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you want Joe Burrow, you take Joe Burrow. It doesn't matter what anybody says. This is this is unbelievable. I mean, it's great because Dan Patrick, like us, we do things. We, we want people to say things. Fine. It should not change the direction of the draft that Joe Burrow said. I don't know. I might like Teal. Are you kidding me? This is a, well, this is just it's all irrelevant what anybody says if they want to take him. Okay, it wasn't irrelevant with Eli Manning, and it wasn't irrelevant with John Elway. Now Joe Burrow didn't go there, but when no, you talk about Joe winning Burrow Super Bowls, has said already he wants to play for that's them. Right. When you talk about winning Super Bowls, Cleveland has never gotten one. Detroit has never gotten one. The Jets got the one. Kansas City, who we both like, this is their second one in fifty years. So Cincinnati's been to two. They're not the terrible franchise. I don't believe that 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 quote makes them seem to be. They're not. They're really and even not. if they were, Joe Burrow doesn't know anything about commitment to a Super Bowl. How many pro football no. offices has he been in? He's at the LSU, well, he's at a couple of colleges because he's at Ohio State. He doesn't know whether somebody's committed or not. This Stop. Cincinnati I Bengals, just, put the phone okay. down and put number that name on your big board. And he's the best player out there. But if another team offers three number ones and a number two, you think about it, it's enticing. The Los Angeles Lakers return to the court tonight for the first time since Kobe Bryant's death. Wilbon, we have all seen footage of the mourners and the memorials. You are there. What is the mood and what do you expect? Tony, the footage is nothing, has nothing to do with the mood. I just left the revelry of South Beach. And, you know, it it was more somber at a Super Bowl than any of the sort of 30 or so Super Bowl weeks I have been to for for the obvious reason of the tragedy that was Sunday. But, Tony, when you get here, I I landed here in L.A. this morning. I walked past it. I walked through it at the Staples Center right across from, from our ESPN L.A. headquarters. And, Tony, nothing prepared me for this. Um, sort of the the mood of Los Angeles, I, I cannot really adequately describe it to you in a, in a short segment that we have right now. Tony, it is sad. It is. I, I I found myself being going back to sort of Sunday and Monday's depression. And you can't be a basketball player and drive through that into Staples Center and not be affected by. And first of all, they're here anyway. 
particularly in terms of the Lakers. So, Tony, I, I don't know how the mood that I'm describing will impact the game, but don't don't think for one second that watching the footage prepares you for the emotional downer that exists right here. So I'm 3,000 miles away. I have no idea what it's like to be you on the ground. But there's one point I want to make. I read what was posted by Vanessa Bryant. I read when she said we're establishing a fund to help with all the other families that were affected by this horrible accident. And I thought that was great. And I would call on the NBA and Adam Silver right now to make sure, because the Bryants are going to be okay in terms of finance. I'd call on Adam Silver and the NBA to say, you know what, we're going to deal with the victims of this, the families of this. We're going to guarantee that they have funding for the rest of their lives because Kobe Bryant was such a big part of, of our family and we're going to reach out and do that. I'm like, I, I think that's, you know, they so have billions of, of dollars. They can spend it on this. It's, it's one of many things that we're going to, I'm, I'm sure, get to. Um, and let me just say also, Tony, that the tributes are so touching. They are so deeply felt. Real quickly, I, I walked past a, a guy with a, a, a Celtic jersey that had Kobe on the back. And I yeah. just asked him about that briefly. And he said his grandfather took him to Boston Garden to see a game. The first time he ever went to, in a game in Boston, and he saw the Lakers and he saw Kobe. And he said he disappointed the family for the rest of his life because he became a Kobe guy, even though he grew up in New England. And he's here downstairs with flowers. And, and these are the sorts of tributes, small and large, and just, just countless. Um, and I, we're going to see more of those, you know, certainly tonight um, on our network. The All-Star Reserves were announced last night, Tone, and there were several players who reasonably expected to be included but were not. Devin Booker certainly has a case, as do John Morant, Zach Levine, and Derrick Rose, among others. But the player who seemed to take greatest offense, at least publicly, is Washington's Bradley Beal, who is averaging a career-best 28 points a game. Beal went as far as calling it disrespectful that he was left off. Tone, you got the back of all the nationals. You want to present Beal's case as well? No, I'm really not, and, I, and I've thought about this. Everybody knows that Bradley Beal is an all-star player. He's been an all-star before. He's a terrific player. He's playing on a terrible team. The last couple of times he was an all-star, his team was better than this. He's playing on a team that is on pace to win fewer than 30 games at this point. He's having a great offensive season on a team that may set a record for being the worst defensive team ever. But more to the point, Mike, every other reserve on the East comes from a winning team and yeah. I've got to believe that that was a factor. I sat on the show with you and I said I wouldn't put Trey Young on. Now that now the fans put him on and that's okay, but the other players on the East are all from winning teams. Wouldn't that affect the voting? Yeah, yeah, Tony, and the, the fans alone don't put players on anymore, but Trey Young and I uh, I'm a, a media member and I voted for Trey Young based on the individual numbers. I I could have voted for Bradley Beal and today, if you ask me if I had to vote back, would I do it differently? I might. And, I, and I'm and i biased. I know Bradley Beal for a long time now. His whole career right. in Washington where we live. I but Trey Young's numbers, Mike, Trey Young's numbers are actually his better. Assists. His assists, better. yes, because he's yeah. top three in that as, as well, Tony. Better. And you look at Trey Young and Kimball Walker, and Kimball Walker is on a, a Celtic team, and I thought he was the deserving member of the Celtic team. The Celtics now have reserves as well. But, I mean, you look at, Tony, you, you look at also Devin Booker who could certainly have a case. But then you say, well, who do I want to throw off? I ain't throwing off Luca or Harden. Um, Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Westbrook, Chris Paul, 
you know, becomes a numbers game. And the question always is, okay, everybody says, well, so-and-so's got to be on. Who are you taking off? And yeah, I, who's out? When I who's voted, out? Tony, except in the case of Trey Young, who was my exception, great numbers, terrible team. In every yeah. other case, it wasn't just a tiebreaker. My nod went to somebody who was helping his team, impacting a successful first half of the season. Yeah, we agree. But I understand Bradley Beal's disappointment. Oh, He's having a great season. I Bradley Beal is an all-star quality player. Yes, Nobody's he is. arguing against that. Yeah. But this Who year, you, you and I would have voted the same. Let's get back into the Super Bowl with a man who I shared a backfield with in Super Bowl 15. Our great friend, really, our great and dear friend, NFL analyst Ron Jaworski. Jaws! It's great to have you here, Jaws. Jaws, let's start with Patrick Mahomes. Do you think he'd be this good if he had been drafted by a team other than Kansas City? Feel free to pick Tony, a team, Jaws, in there if you Tony, want. Tony, it depends. It depends on which team drafted him outside the Kansas City Chiefs. There are some teams in this league that are awful at developing quarterbacks and drafting a proper quarterback. So the team that drafts you is critical to your long-term success in the NFL. And you look at Patrick Mahomes, how lucky he was to go to the Kansas City Chiefs where Andy Reid understands the quarterback position. He knows how to coach the position. He knows how to teach the position. And consequently, Andy Reid knew that Patrick Holmes needed a year to sit behind Alex Smith and learn how to be a leader, learn how to manage a game, and learn how to win a locker room. So clearly, the team that selects you in the draft can determine your long-term success or failure as an NFL quarterback. Well, Jaws, the other franchise, the 49ers, has done pretty well developing quarterbacks as well. Is there anything that Jimmy Garoppolo does better than Patrick Mahomes? And if so, what in the world could that be? Yeah, there are a lot of things, Michael, that they, they do in a similar structure. But what I like about both these quarterbacks, they play so well out of structure when there's pressure. A play breaks down. They have to ad-lib and make a play. You know, we talk about Patrick Mahomes. We see those dynamic plays he makes. When you really start, start to watch Jimmy Garoppolo, he makes a lot of those same plays. He may not be as dynamic as Patrick Mahomes, but he is as consistent. And the one thing is I've studied Jimmy Garoppolo, the deep ball accuracy. He doesn't throw as many as Patrick Patrick Mahomes, but his accuracy is there. Outside the pocket, very accuracy. And you know, I always go to the money down. Third down, Garoppolo is very accurate. And if you're accurate on third down, you move the chain. So a lot of similarities between Mahomes and Garoppolo. Let's go back into your career. You actually played in the Super Bowl. You're a Pro Bowl quarterback. When you played that position, as you look at it change over the years, what are the biggest differences between when you played it and when people like Mahomes and Garoppolo play it now. Yeah, Tony, I would say football IQ, football intelligence. You know, I watch these guys now and I think of the guys in my era, the strong arm was always there, the mobility was always there, but the football intelligence is now so important in today's game. You know, in my era, the same 11 guys stayed on the field on offense and defense. You know what you're getting every single play. You watch a game now and there's such a change in personnel every single play. And the complex sophistication of defenses with all these creative designer blitzes to rent space in a quarterback's mind, they impact quarterbacks that don't have the great football IQ that is necessary to play consistently in the National Football League. I give these quarterbacks, every single one of them in today's NFL, a lot of credit. They have a great football mentality and a football IQ, and you have to or you don't succeed in today's NFL. 
All right, Jaws, all week we've been hearing people talk about how do you make it difficult for Mahomes? Can you make him uncomfortable? You know, can Kansas City take away San Francisco's ability to run? Blah, blah, blah. What are your personal keys to this game? You know, I always look at the quarterbacks first, but then I go to my second thought is who's going to impact the quarterback the most? And when I look at one of the key matchups in this game, the Chiefs offensive line has to wear the hat of responsibility. The dynamic front four of the 49ers is awesome. They are fast. They are quick. They are penetrating. They're led by a guy, Nick Boza. I see them just track running backs from behind. That's the type of speed and athletic ability they have on the defensive line. And to take it a step further, the 49ers, they don't really blitz a lot. They rush for 80% of the time. That means the, uh, the, the pressure is going to be on that defensive line of the 49ers to get pressure with that down for Consequently, putting the onus on the Chiefs' offensive line to block them. I want to ask you and get you out of here on this which way you're leaning, but I want to set this up because I know that you're close with Andy Reid. You've known him a long time and you like him a lot. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you played for Kansas City at one point. Am I, am I correct on that? Did you not play for Kansas City? Yeah, that, that, that is correct, Tony. I okay. played for the Kansas City Chiefs in 1989. Marty Schottenheimer was my coach, so I have a, a, a great affiliation with those Kansas City Chiefs. A right. great city, great organization. So I'm thinking that you're going to go with Kansas City because of those ties, but which way indeed are you leaning? You are always trying to read my mind and rent space yes. in my mind, Tony, but you are correct. I like the Chiefs 31-30. Ooh. That's really close, Jaws. That's a thriller coming out. It's going to be a great Jaws, game. Jaws, that's on the number. If it's a one-point game, <laughs> oh, Jaws, I, don't that. I don't look at that stuff. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank thank you, sir. It's fun. Happy time, people. Happy 41st birthday, Robert Sala. The defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers is often mentioned as a possible head coach in the league. Both he and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, would qualify as minority hires. But both have downplayed the publicity surrounding them this week in that regard. Salah probably faces the hardest task of his career. He has to hold down Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but the enemy's offense has got a score on that San Francisco defense, right, that we think is so great. So I don't know. Yeah, I but think it, they're both, they both got not difficult tasks. It's Salah's birthday. That's why I mentioned him. Happy anniversary, John Elway. On this day 21 years ago, you played your last football game, leading the Broncos to their second straight Super Bowl win. Elway was the MVP of that game and is the only player ever to retire after winning Super Bowl MVP. Others have walked away after winning the Super Bowl, like Peyton Manning and Jerome Bettis, but they didn't walk after winning the MVP. Tony, you know, for a long, long time, John Elway was my pick for greatest quarterback of all time, even though he lost his first three because he didn't have the team around and the others like Montana and others had. Happy trails to inbounding the ball for Draymond Green. In the first quarter of last night's game against the Celtics, Draymond pulled an Eric Bledsoe and walked the ball inbounds without passing it. He can do a lot of things in the NBA. You still can't do that. In the absence of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, you'd have thought Green's numbers would be up this year, but they are down. Eight points, six rebounds, six assists, which led Charles Barkley to say a while back, and I quote, Draymond doesn't talk as much since he's averaging that triple single, unquote. Well, Bob, you love both those guys. I do. Whose side you got on this one? I'm Where not about you? to step in between that time, but I'll say I did not think Draymond's numbers would be better. 
I mean, it depends on team concept. Draymond's not a numbers guy in the history of that great San Francisco machine, the great Warriors machine. So I'm not, I wasn't going with the numbers. Big finish. Here we go. Alfred Let's Payton do it. suspended one game. Marcus Morris fined 35 grand. Okay by you? No, not enough for either. More money, more games. Curtis Granderson, Chicago's own, retired. How are you going to remember his career? Solid leadoff hitter. Liked him a lot. Baker Mayfield told get up. He put his foot in his mouth a lot. He's no longer going to respond to outside talk. Your thoughts? I don't believe anything he says. He's got to walk it. I don't believe his talk. Agent Lee Steinberg told the Detroit Free Press he wants Tua to go to a team where he doesn't have to start immediately. That makes sense, doesn't it? Of course it does, but if a bad team takes him, they're going to want him to get out on the field as soon as he can. Last one, John Morant and Zion tonight. What do you expect? I expect nerves early on, Tony, to give way to great performances. Out of time, try and do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or... Apple Podcasts. I'm in a closet here. Actually, a closet. PTI.